Got a question for you. I got answers. Have you ever endorsed a book that you did not read in its entirety? You are listening to Weird Religion. Hey, this is Weird Religion. I'm Brian Doak. And I'm Leah Payne. We like to think of ourselves as the pixies of religion podcasts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Obscure, but influential. We have, we have... We have really high-end listeners. Yeah, the only the highest end <laughs> people is really what we have. This is, this is for you. Um, you know, can I can I ask you to clarify the question? Do you mean sure. like in a like like back of the book scholarly recommendation kind of stuff, or yeah. do you mean just like casually recommending books to people? That oh, I mean, I mean scholar recommendation. Like, you know, for example, when a publisher reaches out to yes, you and says, yes. "Dr. Brian Doak, you are a world authority on ancient monsters." Here's a book on ancient monsters. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Or yes, um, I have, uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I have. Will you tell the truth? I have never just totally blindly, ridiculously, dishonestly endorsed a book. I have endorsed books with my words for people I know to be good scholars, while perusing tables of mm, contents mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and reading sample things. And I would say that's as bad as it gets for that kind of thing. Okay. Yeah. I think, by the way, I will just say, I think only in rare cases, I'm going to say under 20% of cases do endor- have endorsers read the full whole book before they've endorsed ah, it. Ah, yes. You are exposing a great trade secret yes. in in the world of just let it book out. writers, yeah. right? Well, I, I know you pay a ton of attention to very conservative, reformed, evangelical worlds. Yeah, not as much as you, <laughs> but I, 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 I rely on you to get my it's, news. Yes, yes. So I've got a, a story for you. Um, there was a, a book, a book excerpt that the Gospel Coalition recently published mm-hmm, mm-hmm. on Christian. Uh, the, the book was supposed to be about Christian theologies of union using sex or something as the um but it was that's a funny phrase right there union using sex well it was sort of like you know how catholic (laughs) Catholic theology has a very robust tradition of you know anyway so this was like a a reformed conservative reformed evangelical american take on it okay um the the title of the article that was published and again this was an excerpt of a of a longer book an entire book was called sex won't save you parentheses but it points to the one who will who's that uh jesus okay <laughs> just checking in so just practicing there yeah so um but anyhow it caused a huge uproar and now mm. the gospel coalition is not exactly my lane which i'm i'm not sad about that so i i'm sort mm. of a casual observer yeah, you saw this blowing up on Twitter. And the, I did. And the reason that this blew up is because the article itself used metaphors, used sexual metaphors yes. to talk about God and the church. And try I, the problem was that he was trying to suggest that the marital metaphor in the Bible, mm-hmm. which is mm-hmm. between Christ and the church, which is a metaphor, you know, the human union yes. of, of marriage is a metaphor then for Christ and the church. And I think that now I, I skimmed the the article it's not you know again gospel coalition isn't exactly in my lane so i don't spend a ton of time thinking through that stuff but enough people who i do think with on social media had been posting about it so i thought oh i gotta take you know i gotta take a read and i think you know there there have been a lot of um think pieces in response to it really really well done not controversial by the way to say that that is a metaphor in scripture it totally is no everyone agrees on the that. the controversial part was that it was pushed to physical sexual union 
And I think in a way that was, it felt weird to read it. Like, yes, I think that one of, you know, if I could distill a lot of the scholarly theological takes on it, I think that the controversial part was that instead of a theory of mutuality, Mm -hmm. um, with like between the sexual partners, it was put into the context of the gospel coalition, which has a pretty well-established gender hierarchy. So instead of it being right. this mutual relationship, it was it was definitely one is it was not something that, it was not something that the wife and the husband give to each other, but rather in the article, it was something kind of like to put it in a like a soft way. It was something that the husband does to, to the, wife, the wife. Yes, very and particularly reader or listeners, I I texted Brian about this earlier and said we would get in so much trouble if we if we just went for this article because it would, so I'm not gonna, we don't even have to go, but if I'm just distilling the critiques, it, it, I think that that was kind of the, the there. And again, we can put links up to some really well done, thoughtful, you know, critiques of it. Sure. But the kind of main thing was the gospel coalitions, gender hierarchies, um, and how, you know, that men are, dominant over women i'll put one out by esau mccauley yes um, yes there's we'll link that one there's a lot of really good new testament scholar and someone in lanes we've run in and so i'll I'll copy the link to that yes there's a lot of really good um anyhow but it got me thinking about this this news news newslet news item news item that i wanted to talk with you about okay and this is a, a news item from religion news service okay a new dating app. This comes to us. It's a recent story by Catherine Post. Oh, it's not as recent. I've just been saving it. September of 2022. Not even remotely recent, but you know. It's in my mind though. (laughs) It brought it to my mind. And it's it's a story about a dating website called Dominion Dating. Dominion Dating. Dominion that sounds, dating. Okay, can I pause that just to say mm-hmm. that sounds a little bit ominous as a title for a dating <laughs> well, website. Well, what would you expect? I'm thinking like if you di- were to I'm sign thinking up. like Dominion. Is there a thing called Dominion theology? Oh yes. What's that? What's Dominion theology? Well, I mean, I want to ask, what would you, as a biblical scholar, because Dominion if, theology? If I had to guess, yeah, you know, I, Hebrew Bible I, stuff. I vaguely like Dominion theology. I would guess is something about like. Christians are to have like dominion over each other, over the world that are, it's like a takeover kind of thing. That's just the way yes. it sounds. I mean, I don't know what else it would be. Is that, is that what it is? That in a nutshell? Yes. I think it's the idea that Christians have been given by God dominion over the world. And it comes from the creation account Yeah, and specifically men are, right. are, um, to take dominion. Okay. And it's a, it's a theology of ownership okay. and in terms of the Christian life, you know, there are lots of different ways that Christians have talked about their presence in the world. Mm-hmm. We could talk about, you know, pilgrims sure. or, you know, people who are strangers, aliens in this world. But dominion is like, God we're, we're gave us strangers, this place. We're not strangers. We're not aliens. We are at the we center. We are entitled to it. I am the president of this world. The president of this world. Exactly. Yep. Yes. Not Bill Pullman in, what is that movie about aliens? Fourth of July. Anyway, okay. So um Independence Day? Independence Day, yes. Okay. He just sort of had the president of the world kind of thing going. Anyway, I'm okay. taking us down. But <laughs> Dominion We're hemorrhaging listeners I know. as we speak. Dominion dating is all about 
This is, this is from the story, a direct quote. Its target audience is Christian singles who believe husbands should rule over their wives, mm. women should be homemakers, okay. and Christians should have children to exercise, quote, dominion over the world. Okay. I mean, that's a, that's a, that's a, tr- that's a coherent, three-part traditional theology of the family right there. Yes. There it, you have it. <laughs> there and you they're have like, it. They're like, come on, our, come on our not ambiguously titled app. And find other people who want exactly this. Now, is this website just like populated with men? Like who want this? <laughs> you would expect. Is that? <laughs> you would, well, okay. Sometimes that does is, happen, right? There was this, there was a blow up about this um, website. It was kind of like a go here to have an affair website. I think it's called like Ashley oh, Madison or yes, something. Oh, yes, I and remember that. There was a leak of their user data that made all kinds of men nervous who had signed <laughs> up for it. But right. basically what the leak also discovered was that it was like 97% men and all the women were bots. Wow. Yes, so, um, that you know, is. So that happens. So that's, that's what my point is. That there's that so much. We could do a whole episode on that. But, you know, it's funny. I clicked on the website because I was so fascinated by the title. Mm-hmm. And I tried to peruse their prospective daters. Mm. But you have to sign up for the whole service. And I just I wasn't willing to go sign that right far for the arts. Split it, let's split it 50-50. <laughs> I just right thought... I, how far will we go for the art of podcasting? And I just couldn't take it that far. But I did see a couple of different entries. And one sort of made me nervous because I thought I have a sort of a stereotype in my mind of the kind of person. Sure. And one of them is from a a young dator, a, a, a young man who is expecting to have a, a relationship of dominion. And he's looking for it. He says, I may look like an insole serial killer, but I'm lovely on the inside. An incel serial killer. Now you tell me, Mr. Interweb literate person, what is an insole? Incel, I-N-C-E-L. Is that how you pronounce it? Well, it's, 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 it it's short for involuntary celibate. <gasps> so, that's what it's short for? Yeah, so if you pronounce oh, it like incel. Incel, okay. Involuntary. So it's like, it's a group of aggrieved, oh, probably almost exclusively white males often associated with internet culture or like geekdom or just like not successful with the ladiesdom who yes. basically have taken their lack of romantic success and sort of turned it into rage against, against women. women. And they're mm-hmm. saying, I don't, I, I'm celibate, but I don't want to be. And that kind of wallow in it. And also talking about how like mean women are and stuff like that. Right. So this is which like the type of people who true. just women are mean. go very intense <laughs> yes. on Twitter. Yeah. Uh, Yes, women are mean, but they're not able to overcome it to create in me- their, meaningful relationships. Right, right. So yeah, so they they're they're very upset. Is this the kind of crowd actually that like say like Jordan Peterson is trying to appeal to young men like this, saying something has gone wrong in our culture that we have these men who are spurned and angry, and you need to get over it and learn how to like make your bed and like shave your neck and figure <laughs> out how to you know. I'm just you know <laughs> yes, this yes. is how people talk about. No, it. No, no, no. Yes, I I I was kind of laughing at that because that is exactly the kind of rhetoric that people say. You yeah. know. Take off your office namby pamby office gear and put a flannel on. That yeah, kind of thing. Yeah, or or you know, stop wearing <laughs> soft soft hoodies and soft How you know jeans you. to work and wear a suit and a tie. And oh, right, right. It could slam go either down way. your bourbon on the table and you know whatever is <laughs> like the direction. Mad Men. Right now, right. okay. So so this guy's saying I look like an incel serial killer. Did you say? Yes. Does he really but look I'm like lovely. that? Lovely. No, actually, okay. he looks like um, I would say like a. Like a boy band member. Okay. Which made me sort of question if this is a real profile. I see. I'm not going to lie. I see. Because I thought, I don't know. But uh, so there's lots of, uh, there are actually four, four profiles that you can look 
at this is like on their website. On their anyone website. Can see this. Okay. To see anything further, you have to sign up. And that's where I just uh, I just thought I uh, that's a bridge too far for me because I thought, what kind of emails am I gonna get from prospective serial killers? Okay, but first of all, you didn't I'm I'm now at the religion news service site, okay, yes. that you were at. You forgot to mention that if you were to sign up, if mm-hmm. you wanted to mm-hmm. That the membership application, quote, requires users to both abstain from dressing sensually or immodestly. (laughs) Right. And submit an endorsement from, quote, the man you are submitted to for discipleship. Oh, yes. Yes. The man. That was so interesting to me. The man. So that could be. The man you are submitted to. Presumably male pastor in their in there, I, you know. Could it be like a brother? I wonder. A father. A father. A brother a, in a Christ. A patriarch or um, just the some language guy. There, submitted an to. An incel you met on the internet. It's kind of like, um, it's like passive language in a, in a weird way. The man you are submitted to. I just find that to be an odd phrase. I thought, you know, it really reminded me of the, the gospel coalition type rhetoric. And I would include in that some of the firebrand types who are no not to my knowledge, any longer associated with the gospel coalition, people like Mark Driscoll Mm. who had this really very amped up aggressive theology and also just put a lot of energy into thinking about it in a sexual context Uh that I think made people, uh, it's weird that it didn't make people more uncomfortable in the moment, but Mm -hmm. back in the early two thousands ish, People were just oh, I remember real excited. That was big in the Pacific Northwest. <laughs> oh yes, because he's from Seattle, um, and or was at that that time living in Seattle. But it it sounded it sounded on the one hand very extreme, but then also very familiar to me. Mm. Which and I wanted to bring up the a lot of it hinges on the creation account and how oh, women and men are created, and then how they respond to each other and their duties to each other. And I just thought I should invite the Hebrew Bible scholar that I know the best um, about, you know, to weigh in on this context. Like, what do you think about this? Like, what are they missing? What are they not missing? Um, I, you know, I'm I'm putting you on the spot. Yeah, well, I'm going to do what you do every time that (laughs) I put you on the spot to give any kind of productive, generative opinion on something, which is to simply say it is not my place to judge and to just defer to scholarly categories. (laughs) Do it. Which are not. That's a good defense mechanism. Yeah, I mean, look, like this, I don't, the you know, there's like, it depends. Depends on a lot of things. So like, say like you mentioned Genesis chapter one. I mean, Genesis chapter one does not mention any gender hierarchy whatsoever. In Genesis uh-huh. chapter one, men and women are created simultaneously by speech on mm-hmm. the sixth day of creation. And there's even a little eruption of a poem there um, about it. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Both are created in the image of God. Um, masculine, uh, actually, I was going to say masculine pronouns are used, but actually the, the narration or the poem there lapses into first person common plural language. Mm-hmm. And God said, this is Genesis one twenty six. let us make man or human in our image after mm-hmm. our likeness mm-hmm. and let them have dominion. So let them have dominion, plural. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. verse 27, God creates human, Adam in Hebrew, in his own image. So then it lapses to masculine singular language for God. In the image of God created he, him, male and female, he created them. Right. So you notice this interplay between right. our, him, them. 
it almost like it's it's kind of like some you, one could say that there's some kind of signal or cue there that there's some kind of plurality or mutuality mm-hmm. about um, about God and the man and the woman here and blesses them and says, be fruitful and multiply and subdue the earth. Presumably a command being given both to the man and the woman mm. about creation there. Um, and there's really nothing about children actually in Genesis one. That's really fascinating. Children are not born. Children are not even born in Genesis two where the story is now different. That's the famous story. See people, people who kind of have the Bible floating around their mind, but haven't read it recently might forget that in Genesis one, Male and female are created simultaneously by a speech act in the six-day speech thing. But in chapter two, that's where you get the story of the rib and the sleep and the animals. Ah. That's another story. People have debated for many, many generations why there are these two stories and how they are really truly only one story or why, in fact, maybe in ancient Israel, they were two separate stories that were sort of... um, that were sort of um, edited together mm-hmm. to make like one story. And so, you know, there are lots of ways it can work out. Well, this makes me think of, so I, this, this is fascinating. So it sort of sounds like the dominionators yeah. would want to be hovering around Genesis two for their. Maybe, but even then you don't really get any kind of like domination or hierarchy. Genesis three, that's the snake and the, and the, the fruit and the stuff. Then you get issues like, you know, the whose woman. Whose fault is it? Whose fault is it? The woman, you know, being dominated by the man, yet desiring the man, the pain in the childbirth, all that stuff. Which, by the way, from a kind of, you don't even have to be a super progressive Christian to read that and say, ah, so in other words, gender hierarchy is a result of the fall, the fall. and of human sin. Why would you not want to then work to reverse that in the same way that we would work to reverse, say, pain and childbirth through even like herbal or breathing remedies, you could say like, not to mention epidurals and things like that. I mean, you you might say, hey, (laughs) don't even do that. You're not supposed to do it because God cursed you. So don't even try to make it better. No one says that, of course. Right, right. Second of all, I don't, I've never heard a single person who believes that the Bible teaches gender hierarchy and that we shouldn't try to reverse it. I've never heard them argue that we shouldn't use farm machinery or anything to make tilling the land easier because in fact, God curses the land and the kind of work and the difficulty of that. Mm-hmm. God never curses people directly. God curses ah. the snake, not people. Um, the word sin is not actually used in this chapter, by the way, either in Genesis 3. Wow. Um, I don't think. I think the word sin comes up later, like in Genesis 4 for the first time. You could fact check that. But whatever the case, um, all this is to say, yeah, I think there's some, you know, there's there's room for the progressive reading. And yes, of course, the Bible and biblical culture is going to come from a very traditional world in which they would not have ex- accepted many things that we all take for granted today. So, but if you're looking in Genesis chapter one to like for men to have dominion over women or even Genesis chapter two, I don't I don't know where you're finding that exactly. If you're looking for the, the fall narrative, the fall, the quote unquote, the fall, the snake, the sin, whatever you call it, and you're looking for domination there, you find it, but you also find it as like clearly a problem that has been created and a punishment for a problem, not as like some utopian ideal for people. So I don't know exactly what the dominion people are trying to do. Are they trying to say, yes, our world has fallen to an ugly state. Let's embrace it and perpetuate it. Or are they trying to say something else? I'm not sure. Well, one thing that I have, have wondered about, you know, because we're living in a time where there is, there are a number of conversations happening right now about gender and sex and sexuality. Mm-hmm. And they're sort of happening 
it's almost faster than you can keep track of, right? Like, I, I, this Dominion thing, I mean, I haven't heard of that, these websites. Not like I go looking for this stuff. It's been a little while since my dating <laughs> days, people. It's been a good uh, 20, 22 years, 20 There were no no stuff. websites for that sort of thing. There were, but I think they were Very kinda, few. They were, there were dating websites because my roommate and I in college used to like make fun of them and look at them. Oh, but I think it was stigmatized. Like right. I would never do that now. That's unfair. That's ridiculous. I mean, we used to look at people's profiles and just laugh yes. at people, which I'm sure... Current daters do do on apps today. Which of course, is laugh of course. At people. So don't judge. So what if I laughed at people on a dating well, website now it's in just... 1999? <laughs> okay, <laughs> like that was just the way it was back then. Back in my day. Yeah. Okay. Um. So yes, no. I think that that is um certainly true. Now it's just very normal. This is just how people meet each other. I don't. I I think of it as totally. a pretty normal part of the dating scene. And totally. so I'd like to. I mean, if if we were to look up you know, very specific dating websites. Mm -hmm. On the one hand, we'd find tons of them, right? It could be people who enjoy Star Trek, people who, <laughs> I don't know. I'm just putting Star Trek or out what's there. The one I that, like Star, there, Star Wars. Isn't there a dating website where only the women can reach out to the men? Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't know about that. I see, I, I, I've known some single people. I've gotten into their world a little oh. bit. I think it's called Bumble, I want to say. Oh, is that true? I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah. I, I mean, I've heard of it, but I did not know that oh, that all was like a thing. Oh, yeah. There are all kinds, okay. all kinds of ways to go about So, this. you know, you could find whatever. And back in the eHarmony, I remember that one be, being like the kind of bland evangelical one. Oh, it wasn't even... Uh, were they doing that? I think it was evangelical-ish. I had an idea back in the day, by the way. Long right. ago, I had recommended <laughs> this to a single friend. I was like, you know, you should start a business based on eHarmony, but you should you should basically have people answer questionnaires okay. and then you should pair people with the absolute worst person for them based on your <laughs> algorithm. And guess what it would be called? eHarm. <laughs> get it? Get it? Oh my. I feel like that could go wrong in so many ways. But then there'd be some success stories and then it would undermine our psychology of who right, goes with whom right, and all that right. stuff. Okay. Oh yes. Well, I did. You know what? The most clever one I heard about was just when I was driving and I heard it on some sort of morning show, they were talking about one and I don't think it got off the ground, but I was, I was into it and it was about matching people on the things that they hate. Yeah. So that very you could strong get together and Very complain about something. I would do that not just not not for a date. I would do that just for fun to hang out and say, "Didn't we hate whatever episode of whatever show?" You could just That'd get be together. so fun. It could be like little groups of friends just to get together. Exactly. To like hate on a this TV doesn't show. need to be about dating. Okay, but I think a lot of our world is already organized that way. But yeah, that's probably true. And it's called social media. It's called yep. Twitter. Um, but one of the things that I want to submit to you is that this is not actually Bible-y that much. This this whole conversation and the obsession with a particular hierarchy. Oh, I see what you're saying. I see. Well, yeah, I think this is tough though. I think this is really tough territory because you know, this is the thing about the Bible and this is the thing about Christianity and theology. It could be bible -y. Well, you can, I mean, you can make almost anything. You can. So it's like, there are lots of like legitimate claims to like things in the text and worlds and relationships. It sounds like, sounds like the dominion thing though. You're saying this is, is this where you're going? You're going to say the dominion thing is really not so much about the Bible, but it's about this kind of like trad wives movement. And yes. Like you know that. exactly where I'm going. Yeah. I would like to date it in a with a more recent history. Of course we can make the Bible say almost anything you and I, we've done episodes about UFOs in the Bible, you know, so you can, <laughs> you sure. can make, um, but yes, I think I I've been sort of following this side it's, it's become almost a little bit of a side interest because there's this phenomena mm -hmm. on on TikTok mm. where young women mm -hmm. um, make videos and I assume get huge audiences by practice this practicing this thing called trad wife, traditional wife. But 
I'm it there is, now on TikTok. Oh, yeah. Hashtag Tradwife. There are 126 million views in the hashtag Tradwife. Yes, and you can just click through, huh. you know, thousands of videos. But what's fascinating to me is the aesthetics associated with it. So if I were thinking Bible wife, I would think, you know, ancient, an ancient aesthetic as you imagine it. Americans are famous for doing this thing where they talk about how they're living like the Bible, but they're not really. But so I'd expect kind of a Bible robe, you know, wearing a bathrobe kind of thing and whatever. But the aesthetic, I mean, how would you, you know, you're just oh, scrolling through. There's a what lo- time period are these people living in? Yeah, it's 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 a lot. It's a lot of different things. It's all the faces of women. Um, many of these women are are conventionally attractive. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm looking at someone now who looks kind of like a Marilyn Monroe kind of yeah, character. Yeah, she. I've been es- following her. Este, 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 C. Williams. Yes. Can I click on one of these? Mm, this please. is titled. Um, this is titled "What We Practice," part two of "What We Practice in Our Marriage." Uh. Welcome back to part two of some conventional or unconventional things me and my husband do in our marriage. She's so she's wearing like. She I even has a Marilyn Monroe kind of voice pattern. Um, this is not a control thing. This is a safety thing. I've had a couple encounters and I don't wish to have any more. So she doesn't leave home by herself after dark. Leaving the house, I always notify my husband when I'm going to go somewhere and when I arrive. So this is a safety safety. thing, she says. Why not, right? Uh, And we always share locations with each other. I really recommend the Life 360 app. It notifies you. Life 360? What is this It's like a surveillance app for your spouse. (gasps) If their battery is low. Oh, man. Okay, what else? Number two, we don't do opposite sex friendships. Um, <gasps> oh, I, okay. weird religion's out. If that's I the am, case. I'm, I have a little gasp about that, <laughs> and I have a rant about Why? opposite sex Any friendships. Please. or company. What is she talking about? From okay, world. we're done with you. I, sorry, sorry, SDC. That that I, was a bridge too Okay, far. but at least it gives a sense of like what's you happening. You definitely get the idea. You get the idea of what how they're practicing their marriage and what she's what she's putting out there. She's not the only, not the only no, face and no. not the only type on there. But, but she's got a lot of content and other women who kind of look like in her zone are, are putting stuff out there. Yeah. A lot of them are wearing dresses. A lot of them are, it's like food oriented. So like shop, I see like menu lists and yes. stuff about like re- refilling the fridge for your husband and things like that. Well, what's fascinating. Yeah. Okay. Cliff bars, what's, what's fasc- lunch. What's fascinating about this is that it is a throwback. I mean, this content creator, she's not the only one, but she is definitely adopting a 1950s aesthetic mm-hmm. and a 1950s orientation toward like women and their role in consumer culture. A lot of people have written about this, I see. but she is the buyer for the household and she buys in order in a, in a way to craft a, an existence for her husband, her household. Um, I think she, I think they haven't been married for very long. It's only been a few months. So part of me wanted to say, talk to me in like three years after you've had an opportunity to sure. live with this a little longer. Sure. I think both of us were a little disturbed by the 360. I didn't even know what that was. Um, but yeah, go on your rant about the friendship thing because oh, that one was a little thing. shocking to me too. Yeah, I just, I don't think that that's, um, I, I, I don't think that that's, um, yeah, I just, I, I think that, I think that, um, you know, Cross gender, male and female friendships are a really important part of life. They've been a really important part of my life. They've been a really important part of my wife's life. I just think to like restrict that would be would be 
uh, it makes me feel sad. I, I feel sad about that. I actually feel sad about that too. I mean, weird religion wouldn't exist if if either of us were following that. That's true. That policy, but also, it's you know what's so fascinating to me is this is very akin to the famous Billy Graham rule slash Mike Pence the Mike rule. Mike Pence rule, the Billy Graham rule. Mother, mother doesn't want that happening. Mother doesn't <laughs> want you to have a business lunch with a male mother, colleague. Mother says no. Um, and I think that one thing that is fascinating about that is that people still do bad things even when they have these really rigid and in fact you could we'd have to have susan on the show to maybe you know check our logic on this but i think you could probably argue that people maybe even are more interested in doing in breaking rules when very rigid rules have well, sometimes been sometimes put that in place. Does, sometimes that does happen sometimes the rigidity is is a kind of projection around you know the fears and the danger of the world is also a fear of that danger within one's own heart <laughs> that was sad. very that was very poetic um yeah so, so but wait back to the very first question yep so what happened was th- i'm just catching you up on the gospel coalition gossip okay they they in an almost you know i very rarely see this they actually retracted the article retracted because the the person who wrote it was a fellow at tim keller timothy keller's new apologetics institute and he has now resigned at the keller center resigned because of one article i was so fascinated and i was shocked that there was Mm. a response because ordinarily this crew just sort of doubles down. So I wondered what the future of this conversation, you know, would look like. That's why I asked you. Well, a lot of people, re- re- they retracted their their um, endorsements and yeah. said, yeah, I shouldn't have done Don't that. Don't you think, though, this is a case where basically somebody went too far, <laughs> did something that even even conservative scholars got on Twitter and was like, said, whoa, whoa, this whoa, is whoa, wrong. Whoa. <laughs> and it gave them bad press. And so, you know, they, they have a brand and they have customers and things. And so this is, this is like just corporate America. This is how it's done. Yeah, I think it was a, comp- let me talk to your manager. Enough people did it. Yeah. Well, the manager has responded. <laughs> This has been a production of Weird Religion. A podcast for people who know religion is weird but love it anyway. Follow us on Twitter or Instagram. Follow us into the ocean. Allow your heart to blossom. Retreat into the gorgeous and haunted forests of your mind. Find us there.